we're currently waiting for Russ to get comfortable. He is ensconcing himself. He is trying to find the maximum possible blanket coverage. Now that he is properly festooned and cocooned, he is going to take a seat. I imagine his bare feet are still a source of some chilliness. The mummy has sat down. Rusko, Rusku wants to hang. Please try not to hit the drawer as it's holding the mic. And I'd imagine it's very noisy. Hey everybody! Hello! Welcome to another side quest! Although I think it's the first time we've called it that. Uh, I think it is the first time we've called that, it that. I do like side quests, though. That's a great name. Uh, just because I don't even know if Russ is familiar with our release schedule, uh, since I do most of the work on that. So, the first Monday of every month, we release a Home on the RNG review. And the third Monday of every month, we release a side quest. Side quest! So... Uh, because of the way we put these things together, there is absolutely no way of telling the time lag between us recording this and you hearing it. Today's topic came about when I was playing Grandia for us to review. We have recorded a review of Grandia. And in that review, we reference how we're going to film this side quest. But it is entirely possible you will hear this side quest before the Grandia review. So. Time is a construct. Yes. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to set up this conversation just a little bit by saying I was really impressed in Grandia by the way they showed the budding romance between two of the main characters. Sure. The plot took time out to just have scenes where the two of them bonded and where they grew closer together. It wasn't forced. It felt organic. Uh, it made sense. You actually got to see the two of them fall in love, and the relationship didn't seem weird. And and eventually, I started wondering why is this standing out to me so much? Mm -hmm. Like, why is? And it's because I don't think JRPGs do romance well ninety percent of the time. Now, I'm not saying every game needs a romance subplot. Just like I don't think every movie needs a romance subplot, even though Hollywood seems to think so. But in games with romance subplots, JRPGs don't do it very well. And I don't understand why. An average movie runs 90 minutes to two hours. And if we wanted to do examples of good relationships forming and growing in movies, we could do that. We could list off just multiple movies. I liked it in this one, I liked it in this one. Da -da 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 -da. The short time on a JRPG is 20 hours. That's Super Nintendo run time. Sure. They go into the hundreds of hours now. And yet they don't seem to do it well. Except for Grandia. Well, Grandia stood out because they did do it well. I'm not saying Grandia is the only one. God knows. I'm hoping you can help me out because you have more experience. A lot of my talk is going to be Final Fantasy related. Like um, Final Fantasy IV, for example. Yeah. Yang is married, right? He has a he relationship is, yes. with his wife. All of that happened off-screen before we met him, though. Right. So there is a successful, established <laughs> relationship, but we didn't get to see it grow. What do we get to see? 
Cecil and Rosa. Yes. I swear to you, the first time I played this game, I did not understand they were in a relationship. Oh, interesting. Okay. I thought she had a crush on him, and he just thought of her as a friend. That was my read. Well, he felt so much self-loathing <coughs> that he couldn't see himself being with her. Sure. Now, as an adult, I understand okay. that's the sure. concept. But when I was a kid and I saw it, I legit did not get there was a relationship there. Interesting. You weren't slightly tipped off when she came for a booty call? No, actually. Okay. Even as a little kid, that did not... I just... She's just a friend swinging by. They all live together in this big castle. Sure. Okay. It's just your roommate coming in to say something. Like, I really... That's adorable. Also in that game is Edge and Rydia. Yes. Where, again, Edge has strong feelings towards Rydia, who seems indifferent. Well, that's true. The, the Edge and Rydia is like a 20-something-year-old man being in love with... A 16-year-old. Really? Well, like a 7-year-old girl. Now, hold who on. Who went to a land where time flowed differently. <laughs> Which means she aged at the appropriate speed for her. Sure. And he didn't okay. meet her at 7. He met her at 18 or whenever she came yeah, out. I've never... And she did live 18 years. See, I've never been 100% clear about that. What <coughs> happened with uh, what happened with that time flows differently thing. Except that somebody really wanted to date the 7 year old in Final Fantasy 4. <laughs> I really don't want to know that. I don't okay. want to feel that way. Um, oh god, there's one other relationship in 4. Oh, Edward and his girlfriend. And again, oh, she dies. When we they, meet, we when meet they, them at the end. Yeah, when they fridge to Anna. So at no point in this game do we see a good, healthy, strong, growing relationship. Right? We have two relationships where one person is way more interested than the other or appears to be because of internal conflicts or whatever. See, I, I think I just disagree on that because I guess I did understand from the beginning Cecil and Rosa's relationship. And I feel like that is kind of a good example of a relationship in the sense of, like, Cecil's self-loathing he has for a dark night. Part of that does deal with his relationship with oh. Rosa. Okay, but even taking that into account, you can't say that they have a healthy relationship. Well, no, they don't have a healthy relationship, but that's part of what the game is about, is they develop a healthy relationship because Cecil can finally accept himself. As much as, I've, as much as I've played that game, I still... Their relationship strikes me very much as the Renoa squall relationship. Like, it's very similar. Sure, but I also... Speaking of the Renoa and Squall relationship, I also understand that more than I think the average person does, which is why I love <coughs> Final Fantasy VIII. Oh, God. As opposed to people, so many people, detesting Final Fantasy VIII because I have been a Renoa. So you've been a Renoa. I think, and I think you've a had lot, eyes on you. I have had eyes on me. Yes. Um, yeah. So. So. Anyway. I think we just <laughs> completely disagree. See, these are the most interesting podcasts. Anyway, I think we <coughs> disagree that I think the Cecil and Rosa relationship is uh, is a good one. So is a deeper. So let's try this. Another game that I think does the relationship, the growing of a relationship, and that's really what I'm focusing on. Sure, okay. Not just having a relationship, but watching one form and grow. Sure. 
And I think another game that did that really well was Dragon Quest V. Okay. Sort of. And that kind of comes with an asterisk on it. Right. Because in the fandom, there is kind of an accepted canonical choice. There is. It's the wrong choice, but I mean, <laughs> it is the canonically accepted choice. Yeah. So, we haven't reviewed Dragon Quest V yet, so pretending that our audience only knows about JRPGs that we talk about. Uh, Dragon Quest V is a really good game. Um, you start out as a kid, and you grow into adulthood, and then at a certain point in the story, there's a wedding that's going to occur. You have... Basically, you become betrothed to a very rich man's daughter in a town. And the night before the wedding, your childhood friend that you have been on many adventures with by this point in the game, she shows up. And the game basically lets you pick, do I marry Bianca, my childhood friend, who I have been in an adventuring party with, or Neris? Nera. Nera. Nera, the... Nera, the... The, the rich the rich. Yes. Yeah. And... And then there was a remake where you could pick Nera's older, emotionally abusive sister, <laughs> yes. uh, which is a whole... They had to make a Sundere character. We're going to talk about that when, we, when yeah. we review the game, because there's <laughs> a lot to unpack there. Because I feel like they added it in with this feeling of, oh, you want another character? Here, have a terrible one. Yeah. Just, like, as a <laughs> joke. Anyway. But kind of the accepted choice is Bianca, the childhood friend. And if you pick Bianca, then this meets all of the requirements that I've sort of set up. Sure. Which is the idea of a relationship growing over time. Mm -hmm. Because you adventure with her, you discover you have feelings for each other. Uh, your wedding night, she starts getting drunk because she's worried you're not going to pick her. Right, like, yeah. Um, it is very near. No, I agree. I actually really agree with you about Final, uh, Final Fantasy. Dragon Quest, Quest V, five. Five, <laughs> that, yes. Bianca, that is a relationship that you get to see grow over time. And, to the credit of the Dragon Quest V remake, because Nara is the correct choice, I enjoy that the party chat system in Final Fantasy... Why do I keep saying Final Fantasy? I don't know. In Dragon Quest V gives you... The party chat gives you kind of the same... Uh, the same opportunity to get to know Nara. It's just after you're married. Yeah, I've, the the relationships for both women after Mary do continue to grow even more. Now I'm still giving Dragon Quest V just a little bit of an asterisk or a little bit of a footnote because you do make that choice. Yes, it's still it's still commodifying a relationship in a dating sim sort of way. Yeah, and that's what I'm trying to stay away from is uh, for the purposes of this discussion, games like Fire Emblem or Persona, where there is essentially a dating sim built right. into the game, and that's different. That's different than the story also including a romance subplot, yeah. because this is a, like a whole separate game within a game now of ooh who am I gonna who am yeah, I gonna mate with exactly uh, and who am I gonna mate with that's yeah. a wonderful way to put it. <laughs> Sorry, I was thinking the Fire Emblem because you know <laughs> that's that true. they introduced fire that emblem in your kids breeding simulator. Your kids started showing up. God, who am I gonna mate with Futaba or On? <laughs> um, <laughs> 
I, I don't know. Maybe I'm building an artificially narrow construct of this argument because I'm excluding dating sims. I I'm... think, but I I like the argument because I've thought about this as well, especially playing. I'm I'm playing Trails of Cold Steel Four. I just started right now. I just started one, and uh, I love it so far. Oh, it's a great game. So, try not to spoil me too much. Well, but yeah, not. let's all have I'm, the discussion. All yes. I'm saying is that Trails is a great game, but it commodifies the relationships in in that dating sim aspect. There's one sort of canonical choice that you can pick in the Trails games, but you actually have the freedom to date basically any woman that you want. Everybody in the Trails of Cold Steel universe is hot for Reen, and you can have really anyone you want. I'm going for Instructor Sarah. I, of course you are, yes. Um, and the thi- and, and I and I understand what you're talking about because if you go back to Trails in the Sky, which was the original trilogy in the Trail series, those games have what you're talking about is a canonical relationship between Estelle and Joshua, the two main characters, that grows over the course of three games. So I've only played a, the first of that, but I can kind of see where you're coming from. Very, it is a very Estelle and Joshua is like the best relationship in the Trail series because it's actually because it's not interactive because those characters are just learning about each other and falling for each other and you're not you're not like playing as Estelle picking a boy as a prize in the yeah. same way that you are. And I guess that's kind of what I'm getting at is yeah. I'm trying to dial in specifically on romant romantic Plots or romantic subplots, not romantic mini games. Right, exactly. Right, because and it's more I, I will and kind more of rare. I will kind of give you these games that have dating sims do a, a at least a semi decent job of establishing some kind of back and forth relationship that makes you want to pick one over the other. Well, they do. They, they almost have to. They have to. But the problem that I have <coughs> with those sort of relationships. and I'm mainly thinking right now of Trails and also of Persona, is that you you do have those back and forths between the characters, and and you do want to pick one, but those back and forths are also almost exclusively within sub-events. It's within your social link. Or yeah. it's within your but your bonding events that you it's get. It's not entwined with the main story. It's not entwined like with the in main Grandia. story. Right. So there are all of these big story moments in like the Trail series or in the Persona series that you think, oh, I'm having a special relationship with Emma, who is who I happen to pick in the Trail series. Shouldn't she be here, like by my side, like have you know, like. Yeah, and that's the problem with that. Really having a deeper connection with me in this big emotional plot moment, but because you can be with anyone, she has to be open. pushed back into just just the sub, the sub-events, the subplot. So it does kind of yeah. cheapen it in the narrative sense. It does. It turns it into a minigame. It is, yeah, definitely. The, these da- quote-unquote dating sims, or games that have a dating sim element, the relationship becomes a minigame and not part of the story. Yeah. And that is really where I was going at with this idea, mm-hmm. is that it is rare for a JRPG to handle a romantic story well. Um, and um, I'm, I'm curious, what can you think of any other good examples of what we're looking for here? Because you have played a lot more than I have. Well, that's the sad thing. Is I, can, I mean, Estelle and Joshua 
in Trails. That was kind of my go-to. That's one that I always think of. Um, it's, it is actually hard for me to find examples because I feel like in modern games, these sort of relationships, like I keep saying, are commodified. Or in older games, it was something that was just alluded to and they never really There's also, even discussed. There's also, and I'm going to use a really poor example for this. Just Sure. Because we have played a lot of games in the course of doing this. But when I start grabbing for random JRPG knowledge, I still fall back to the ones I've played more than once, the ones I know really sure, well. Right. So my lexicon of JRPGs that I can start analyzing and pulling apart is uh, pretty limited compared to yours. So I apologize for the bad example I'm about to do. No, okay. And I know I'm going to get grief for it, and I accept that. But there's also, there are several games where there is no romance. Right? Except in the head of the player. Right. Exactly. And possibly right. accepted in the fanon. And like I said, the, the fan canon. Just the fan case. canon, of sure. course. Yeah. Um, and like I said, not every game needs a romantic subplot. But while we're talking about romance plots, I thought we might as well... Uh, we might as well cover the topic. Sure. Including those games that only have fanon relationships. For example... In Earthbound. I know, they're kids, all right? You know? <laughs> so, 12-year-olds. Yeah. Sure. But I, I think it is largely accepted in the fanon... Sure. Uh -huh. ...that Ness and Paula would eventually grow up and have a relationship. Yeah, right. right. Definitely. Nobody's looking at that group of four and going, oh, Paula and Pooh are definitely... <laughs> right? right. We all just exactly. kind of mentally accept it's the two mains. Yeah. And maybe that's part of the problem, too, is that... In order for it to register as a good relationship, the creators of these games seem to feel like it has to be the main characters. Sure. Because now I'm trying to picture a developing relationship that's not between main characters. And I am coming up pretty blank. I, too, am trying <laughs> to think of a relationship not between main characters. I mean... <laughs> so we can talk Final Fantasy VI, which basically doesn't have a main character. Right, true. But it also doesn't really have a good bro growing no, romance. No, um, romance isn't really important. Locke has a previously established romance with his semi-dead girlfriend. Right. Um, and which colors his reaction to other people. He kind of has a crush on Celeste that never goes anywhere. Well, he just keeps wanting to save women. He wants to sure. save Terra, then he wants to save Celeste. Celeste... Had, I feel like she might be open to the idea with him, maybe. But again, I'm, I think I'm in fanon territory. Well, you are, because Celise, one of my favorite characters in, in all of Final Fantasy, just she doesn't even think of herself as a woman. She just thinks of herself as a tool of the Empire, of a soldier, and a... Speaking and a of tools of the Empire. ...special person that can use magic. And then Terra develops feelings for General Leo. I feel like... She does. That one's clear. That one's yeah. almost well done, except General Leo dies before she realizes <laughs> right. it. So, like, Final Fantasy writers cannot write a romance. Yeah, they gotta be tragic. Now, I will say this. Like, I'm going through Final Fantasy series in my head now. Uh, seven. Seven almost has a dating sim aspect to it. Now it does, Especially certainly. Especially, if, yeah, if you're talking about the Seven remake. Yeah, because I was gonna say, in the original Seven, I don't feel like... 
Cloud Airy is definitely the way you're supposed to go. I think Cloud Tifa is a better choice. See, I would even argue with that because after Aerith dies, then you get like Cloud sleeps with Tifa before they go and fight the final boss. Does do so, they? Like, I, I always have interpreted it that way. Yeah, but see, that they, we're trying to separate fan well, from canon sure. now, and I know it's hard. I know but it's, it's not hard. a choice. It's not a choice you can make in the more dating sim kind of games. It's like Aerith's dead. The closest Cloud you come, sad. you get to pick your date for Golden, the Saucer. Golden Saucer, but you can also pick Barrett. I mean, well, sure, but some dating sims have the platonic route, sure. right, or the 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 nun. And Trails has that. Trails, you can be best bros with any of the dudes. Um, they don't ever cross into the... There was... But I brought up Final Fantasy VII for a reason, because I feel like Final Fantasy is kind of straddling a line here. Mm -hmm. Like, we could almost sure. argue either side. But in the remake, there was a moment that okay. stuck out to me. A single moment where, like, ooh, spark of hope. Um, because Aerith... Or Aerith in the remake, and I don't know which name to go with, um, she got on my nerves at first. Like, she actually oh, kind I of... I liked her from the beginning. She kind of rubbed me a little the wrong way, okay. but that's because they gave her more personality, and it wasn't the personality that I had in my head mm -hmm. for her, because I just had this pure, sweet, on a pedestal, and instead she had a personality, yes. which is... Which is great, yeah, if you no, ask me. And I'm not saying it wasn't great, I'm just saying I had an adjustment period because she of it. She reminds me of another character that you seem to not like very well, uh, Yukiko in Persona 4. She has a goofiness about her that you don't expect from her, and I think that threw am, a lot of people off guard. I am perfectly fine with Yukiko, it's just, she's just not my type. Sure. Uh, but, so I had I had to do some adjustment to Ares because of my own headcanon. Um, because they gave right. her a personality which she basically didn't have before. Yeah. And it wasn't the one I gave her because I gave her the as high up on the pedestal as possible because right. she's going to die. And that's what you typically get from a female well, era, you know, protagonist. If you're going to kill a female character, you put them as high up on that pedestal sure. as you can for ultimate impact. But there is a moment where instantly my feelings for her turned around and I went, okay, I can see a relationship mm -hmm. here now. And it was... You're going through a series of crane puzzles, mm -hmm. and um, after each, after you solve each one, you beat back up with Aerie after each crane, and she's like, "Yay, we did it! High five! And your character, of course, does not do the high five <laughs> right. because he's too cool. But then after like the third or fourth one, your character very obviously goes for the high five, and she has given up on him. Uh, yeah. And it takes her a second to realize, oh, you wanted to? And he's like, no, it's fine. <laughs> and she gets dead serious. Like, all the joking and everything stops, and she just goes, no, next time I got you. Like, she's like, okay, no, you wanted this? Like, I am in. Yeah. And then the next time they do do it, and it's just... Yeah. But just that moment of... In an instant, she becomes dead serious, like, oh, yeah. you wanted to connect... <laughs> Well, we're gonna make that happen. Yeah, she's boom! Great. I instantly like that was yeah that was a great romantic moment in a game. Yeah, I agree. That, that was, was that was a great for great me. Moment. That was equivalent to the scene in Grandia of oh god, their names. Justin and Fina. Thank you. <laughs> Sitting <laughs> really on have a problem with the names. Though. I have a problem with names in life. Yeah. Um, but the two of them, the most romantic scene I always remember for them is they're just sitting on the boat as it's going out. 
And they're just sitting there and having a casual conversation about nothing important. Yeah. And they're sitting close together, and it's just sweet. Yes. Because it contains nothing of substance. Right. And it's like, why... You have... You have hundreds of hours to tell me a story. <laughs> why can't more games have this? Give give me a five-minute scene where nothing happens except two characters grow closer together. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. For, for all... <laughs> and I could talk for a while about the ending to the Final Fantasy VII Remake, Chapter 1. <laughs> um, but that... Until the ending, I think that game did a lot of good stuff. And yeah. that moment really, like, turned me around on a character on a dime. Yeah. It was amazing. Um, we've mentioned Persona a couple times, but Persona's always those... It's always the Persona romantic. Persona is always... Yeah, dating just, sim. Yeah, it's a prize to be won. And I would, I would like to point out, too, that this really isn't just for JRPGs. If you think about Bioware RPGs, Oh, I yeah. Bioware like is basically are, dating minigames, too. I feel like they are culprits in <coughs> making the whole, like, dating minigame prize thing as popular as it is now. I mean, JRPGs were doing it for a long time, but then all of a sudden you came in and you had it in Mass Effect and you had it in Dragon Age. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, that, and that's what everybody wants now. That's what and everybody's really, looking for now. Let's be honest, what most players are going for in those situations, they're not going for the romance with the person they like identify most with the personality sure. of, which I would argue they're more likely to do in a JRPG because they know if I do this right at the end of this journey, yeah, there's a sex scene. So I, <laughs> right. who do I want to see digitally naked? Yeah, absolutely. As opposed to, I'm I'm really not trying to be like non JRPG players. You know, they're just mindless animals because that's not what I'm saying. Right. But when you know that there's a sex scene at the end for the characters, it's going to color your choice because now the reward, the prize Definitely. at the end of this minigame is not just, oh, I get to be with the yeah. character I feel the, the most about. Your reward is Iron Bull Butt. Yeah. Which one do I find yeah. the hottest? <laughs> Let me see them. Um, because nobody in their right mind should want to hook up with Jack, right, for Mass Effect. I love Jack from Mass Effect. You should have seen that coming. Nobody in their right <laughs> mind should want to be in a relationship with Jack. Jack is amazing. I would love to be in a relationship with Jack. But I can absolutely <laughs> understand that there's a type of person who want to be in the sack with Jack. Sure. Yeah. Definitely. <clears throat> I could go on a diatribe about how Jack is the best character in all of please, Mass Effect. Please But don't. I will save that please, for another time. Please don't. Um, but I agree. I I completely understand what you were saying. I too wish that there would be more non just prize prize dating sim sort of relationships in games. Yeah, more, make would, it something that matters more to the main narrative, right? But doesn't distract. It adds to the narrative. Adds to yeah. it. Yeah. Um. And I'm I'm a little sad that in the course of you and I discussing this, you 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 offered uh, Trails in the Sky, which I did not know about because yeah. I haven't played much of it. But I was really hoping like you, with your depth of knowledge, would have a few more examples to throw. But it, apparently, I'm right. This is not a common. It's thing. not. It's not a common thing. Um, I definitely see more of the dating sim stuff um, than I do any sort of 
<clears throat> well-written canonical relationship. Well, what about Lunar 2 when... <laughs> See, I, what I was going to say... <laughs> when when you're, when the woman that you've been protecting is yeah. taken away by the enemy, and the enemy starts to wonder if maybe she's the bad, the, the bad guy yeah. that needs to be put to death or not, and he turns to you and says, is she the great destroyer? And the game gives you an option. And I think it's a great romantic moment because you can either say, yes, she is the great destroyer, which means, yes, you should kill her and save the world, or you can make the great romantic choice yeah. to save your friend's life and save the world by saying, only once a month. <laughs> I will never, ever that let that go. is actually kind of what I was going to say about Lunar, not Lunar 2, but Lunar 1. Um, it does have several pre-established relationships between Alex and Luna, between Jessica and Kyle, between Nash and Mia, but I don't think any of them are really very well-written relationships. They are, they are 90s anime nonsense. It's oh. not... You could, I guess, argue that Alex and Luna is a relationship that grows over time, at least in the remake, but in the original game, Luna does not travel with you for very long. She doesn't have the boat song, she doesn't have the boat scene, so she doesn't get nearly as much character development, and she's way more the Princess Toadstool. She's with you for a little bit in the beginning, and then she goes home, and then the next time you hear from her, she's been kidnapped, and then the next time you see her, she is a dark goddess in a black bikini. So I just, I don't feel like that's a good example of what we're talking about. Uh, and so, yeah, you mentioned the, they were largely the relationships established off screen. Which they is were, Which yes. is cheap, which is the, the easy way out. Kyle is a grown man dating a teenage girl and being really perverted and trying to grab her boobs and drinking all the time. As you do. And then Nash is a complete asshole. <laughs> and Mia just has no self-esteem. <laughs> um, but I went back to Final Fantasy VI in my head. Siam and his family. Mm -hmm. Russ, I don't think you're going to know this term. Which, again, they're dead. <laughs> they, they are dying the first time we meet right. them. It is an established relationship, and then they fridge the wife. I literally just said that five minutes ago. Are you familiar with the yeah, fridging? fridging okay. the yes. Do you want to explain it for our audiences at home who might not be as comic book savvy? Sure. I don't remember what comic book it's from. Uh, it, I, I believe, and I'm probably going to screw this up, but I believe it's Ray Palmer who is the Atom. And in a particular comic book, his wife is the one that got fridged. Yeah, and she literally got fridged. She got cut she up got into pieces. Cut up and put in the fridge. And put into his fridge, so he came home got a cold beer out the fridge, and there were the hacked-up remains right. of his wife. And that's the most character development she gets in that story. It's the only character development she they ever had. They killed her to give him motivation. It's the quintessential uh, example of a woman's death or rape or all of the normal things that happen to women in media. Normal things. Yeah, all the things you always see um, being used for a male character's motivation. My mother and I... We were watching Young Sheldon the other day. Was somebody raped in Young Sheldon? <laughs> and there was a scene where Missy, who's the... Uh, I don't know if you watch Young Sheldon, but... I've uh, seen a little bit of it. She's, she's the little girl. The little girl, yeah. The, uh, she, she, she's graduating kindergarten about the time of the... Mm -hmm. Like the episode before. 
But she plays softball. Actually, okay. I think she plays baseball with the boys. Okay. But they're on their way to a game, her and her dad. She stops to go to a bathroom, and when she comes out of the public restroom, she has kind of this shaken look on her face. And I turned to my mom, and I said, she just had her period. <laughs> and my mom said, oh, you don't, so, so like nobody raped her. And I'm like, yeah, do, you, do you not know what a again. sitcom is? Like, whoa. But that's the go-to that happens with women in media. I know, but the fact that it's, like, my mother wasn't even horribly shocked at the idea that young Sheldon might sure, contain right. an off-screen rape yeah, of a little girl. A very special episode. <laughs> exactly. God. No, it was, she had her period and only her dad's there. Wah, wah, wah. Um, which again, which again, is a very, very common sitcom thing to happen. Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, it was pretty obvious. As soon as she came out of the bathroom, I was just like, oh, we're doing the period thing. All right. Yeah, it's time. It's, it's the period episode. <laughs> it's a very special young Sheldon. Sheldon learns about trains, and Missy gets raped in the bathroom. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Nanako, no. Nope. No. So, yeah, I, I, I agree with you, and I understand what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of any other relationships good or bad in JRPGs that might be worth addressing because I don't think we're going to come back to this topic in this kind of depth again sure. because we're saying all there is to say about it and it's not like this industry is going to magically change next year and suddenly we'll be flooded with good examples that mm -hmm. we can talk about um, we will continue to address good examples of this when it happens in an individual game mm -hmm. uh, because now my eyes are more open to it uh, than they were because I, I saw a good example, and then my eyes were suddenly open to, oh, good examples are rare. Right. You were saying... I was going to say something, and I forgot. So It was five seconds ago. I know. All well, I did was finish my sentence. I'm growing very old. My God. All right. Well, uh, I'm, I'm scratching my brain trying to think of any other JRPG relationships. That guy in Arcana with his card... Yeah, sometimes that card was the only thing standing by your side. I think a thing that I was going to point out is I do feel like I've played indie RPGs recently, and a lot of a lot of games now have a female main character that's very popular. It, yeah, do that a is female main character now. But the thing that strikes me about them is that they usually, kind of like we were talking about, either don't have a romantic relationship or only have an implied romantic relationship, and it's usually like an implied romantic relationship with another woman, which obviously I would nothing is wrong with that, obviously. But that's kind of the new trendy thing, I think, now. And we're not and I'm not seeing it's 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 weird that seeing these female protagonists in these kind of games and then there's not like a dating sim thing attached to it that you see in a game with a dude main character. Sure. Unless it's a game where you get to pick your gender. Like if Right. A Fire Emblem Three Houses. You can pick your right. gender and your dating sim setup. Yes. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. It just it and and but I feel like in those kind of games you're you're for some reason I just keep thinking of Cosmic Star Heroine. I'm like you also don't see what what we want to see. What we're talking about is those um, you know canonical, really well developed relationships. Either they're making it totally not about that. And then like they would for a dude. Right. Yeah. 
Well, so conversely to this entire discussion, um, anybody who's watched my YouTube channel may know I, I occasionally bitch about this, and, and that is you very rarely see in media a good representation of a male-female friendship. Sure. Just friends with no no underlying tension, mm -hmm. no a good friend zoned, no, you know, swing and a miss. No, we're just buds. We're just bros. And I feel like as we've been talking, I realize that actually is not that uncommon in JRPGs. Right. Because because the rela the relationships are so poorly written, there are often just dude and a chick in an adventuring party, and they're just friends. Yeah. There's a, there are a lot, of, speaking of that, there are a lot of JRPGs where the sexual tension between the main guy and his male best friend is way beyond yeah, yeah. anything that you would see with any of the women in the party, and that's been an ongoing joke forever. That why don't they just let them? Why don't <laughs> they just let kiss. them kiss? Because I mean, the the sexual tension. I'm looking at you, Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Hearts is a game about two boys who love each other very much, and just do not know how to express that. So they fight an entire war. Kyrie. Kyrie is the the biggest afterthought with a capital <laughs> A in any game that I have ever played. Kyrie, Ky yeah, Kyrie is the beard in the room so that Sora and Riku do not have to be honest with each other about their feelings. Kyrie is the poor cipher for all of the the drama that they feel about each other. Speaking of cipher, squall and cipher. If Sora and Riku had have just kissed looking at that sunset <laughs> in that first game, I don't think any of this ever would have happened. It's their fault. I think they would have been fine. They needed to stop denying their feelings. And I think Kyrie would have been better for it as well. Alright, well we're coming up on 40 minutes in this discussion now. I think we have milked this particular topic dry. We've carrot carrot milked it. We have carrot, carrot, milk, carrot, milk, carrot, milked it. And congratulations, the nobody who gets that reference, and that's fine. Yeah. Um, so uh, we will see you guys around. Thanks for stopping in. Um, if you've got suggestions uh, for games that have solid romantic, it, vital to the narrative, non-dating sim romantic plots or subplots, feel free to reach out to us. We'd love to hear about it. Yes. I don't know how you plan to reach out to us, but uh, I believe in your ingenuity. You could probably find a way. Or, you know, you could just email me. I mean, if people can get in touch with Oprah, uh, Russ and I... You could find a way. Uh, Russ and my Twitter handles are at the end of this episode, so, uh, you know, you could, you could tweet at us. Russ doesn't do a lot on Twitter, but if you tweet at him, he might notice. Sure. So we will see you guys next time. All right. Thanks for joining. Bye.